for all of us. It is our priority to take care of our energy so that when we show up for doing what it is we're really here to do, we can be our sparkliest selves. Like that is our gift to the world. Welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and I am so excited about today's episode. I am kind of like a jumping bean of energy right now. I just, you guys are going to love this one, and you're going to love Kelsey because she just radiates joy. Like it truly is who she is. And it was just so much fun to sit down with her for Seek the Joy podcast. But then we also sat down for her podcast, the Find Your Awesome podcast. And I will be sure to share my episode on her podcast when that's live. But today's episode, okay, well, maybe let me back up. Kelsey Abbott, she is an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And like I said, the host of the Find Your Awesome podcast. And in today's episode, we really talk about human design through the lens of it really giving you the ultimate permission to just be you. So we talk about Kelsey's journey finding human design and the moment that she felt truly seen. We chat about taking care of our own energy so that we can show up as our most sparkly selves. And I just love how Kelsey says that. I don't do it justice. And why all of our gifts are really for owning and sharing. Plus, we dive into my human design chart about like halfway through the episode. And Kelsey gives me the most beautiful human design reading. And we share really about the magic of the in-between moments, her biggest dream, and honestly, so much more. If you are listening to this episode, hit hit pause, hit stop, and go on YouTube and watch this conversation because there is so much magic. And Kelsey, ugh, it's just so good. Like, it's just, it's just so good. Like, I feel like a I just have so much energy right now. I feel like I'm tripping over my words. So we'll keep this intro today on the shorter side because it definitely is a longer episode, but it's so good. I'm just gonna keep saying it's so good. And then make sure you tune in all the way to the end of today's conversation because I also sat down with Justine Kim. She's the host and producer of Becoming, a podcast all about women, work, and how they're finding their whys. So tune into that at the end. We have a short conversation. I have really loved connecting with Justine and we wanted to find a way to to collaborate and share about each other's shows. So I'm honored to share about Becoming uh, in this episode as well. There's so much I want to share with you guys, but again, I don't want this intro to be too long today. So everything else that I want to talk about is going to go in this week's newsletter. So if you're not already subscribed, hit that link in our bio and subscribe to the newsletter. If you're on YouTube, watch this episode on YouTube and make sure to subscribe, like it, do all the things, share our channel with your friends and family. And if you haven't already, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Audible, I don't know, all the places that let you leave a review. And when you do leave that five-star review, take a screenshot, send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. I'll send you a little something something to say thank you. And as always, it's just such a great way for us to connect outside of the show. Last thing before we dive into today's new episode, I am really happy to share that today's sponsor is BetterHelp. We are going through 
wild times, challenging times. And now more than ever, I have found it's really valuable to talk to someone about what you're going through, whether that be anxiety, depression, grief, and loss. And BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And it's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you're matched with is a good fit. This service is available for people worldwide too. BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too, which if you ask me, doing this digital in the middle of a pandemic is a game changer. I really want you to be able to live a happier, more joyful, and ease-filled life. We talk about it all the time on the show, and I'm just so excited to share that as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash seekthejoy. The link will also be included in our show notes. All right, that's it. That's all I've got for today's new episode. As always, I would love it if you would join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. If you are on Clubhouse, come find me. I'm at Sydney Weiss. I just joined a couple of weeks ago. And uh, that's it. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. And uh, without further ado, here's my conversation with Kelsey Abbott. Kelsey, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Um, I, I just already know your background says joy. We're going to have a really good conversation. You are an intuitive human design reader. You're a certified professional coach. This is my favorite part, instigator of joy and the host of the Find Your Awesome podcast. And I'm just so glad we're having this conversation today on the podcast because we've talked a little bit about human design before on Seek the Joy, but I don't think in this way. So I'm super excited. Let's just dive in. I want to learn a little bit more about you and your story. How did you find human design? Um, Yeah, let's start there. I'd love to start there. Okay. So I found human design. So I'm horrible with time. Let's call it three years ago. I have no idea if that's accurate. (laughs) I know that it's 2021 now. That okay. we know right now it is 2021. That's like all I know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, some once upon a time, I was recording an episode for my podcast, the Find Your Awesome Podcast, and the guest said to me, and I don't remember if this is in the actual episode or after we were done recording. She said, "Have you ever heard of Human Design?" And I said, "No." And for some reason, the term human design for me, like, I think I cocked my head like a confused puppy. And, <laughs> and like, I thought it was like, I don't know, but I was like, no, like, like what maybe you I at? should. Yeah. No, it wasn't even that. It was no? like, a, I don't know. Oh. Like, that sounds weird. Um, <laughs> but of course she told me a little more, which I think was, she basically told me, that I needed my birthday and time and place. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. I know that. Mm -hmm. So when put it in and looked up my chart, I was like, what is this? Because if you've (laughs) ever seen a human design chart, it looks like it's like a profile of a human face with a tent. Yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of colors and shapes 
and numbers. And then on each side, there's two columns of colors or of shapes and numbers. So like, what am I supposed to do with this? But I did see, okay, I'm a four, six manifesting generator. Still don't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. But I kept Googling and eventually I learned that a manifesting generator is also known as a warrior Buddha. And I was like, oh, oh, well, okay. I feel really seen right now. Mm. And that was like the breadcrumb piece I needed to keep going, to just keep Googling. Thank you so much internet for making this possible. (laughs) But then it was a few months later where somebody said to me like, oh, you're into human design. You must know this person, which is someone I'd never heard of. And then I, of course, followed her on Instagram, read like all of her posts. Mm -hmm. I actually searched her name in the Apple podcast app and found every podcast she'd ever been on. And I just like gobbled up Mm. everything she said. And then when she offered an actual official training, I was there. Mm. I just went like all the way down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And I love what you said that it made you feel seen. Like you, you heard like, okay, you saw warrior Buddha and you're like, I feel seen. And I think what's so powerful about human design, astrology, um, any of these modalities, when you see yourself like reflected back at you, this sense of being validated, I think that's what's probably the coolest part about it. And as I've learned more, as I was learning more and more about human design, the more I learned, the more I was like, oh, I knew it. Mm -hmm. Like, yes. Like one of the big things was I was working with a business coach at the time who kept telling me, Kelsey, you just have to be more specific. And every time she'd say that, I was like, you know, I felt like a two-year-old, like balling up my <laughs> fist and like stomping my feet. And I was like, I don't know. Or like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means. But I tried. I tried really hard to be specific because I was like, all right, well, what I'm doing isn't working. So what do I have to lose? Well, apparently flow is what I have to lose. I totally, I got super specific and it was like the universe put the brakes on. Like Mm -hmm. I could hear the squealing. It was like, nope, this is not for you. And I didn't know what was happening at the time. Then as I'm digging into human design, I learn I'm here to be non-specific. And in fact, when I am specific, it blocks my flow. Hmm. Oh, that was so much permission. So much permission for every way I wanted to Hmm. be in the world. Oh my God. I love that story because with what you said about permission, because oftentimes we, we know what we love, what we don't, what feels good. We, what we're resisting and why, or what should we, we should push through or what we should let go of. But then there are these other outside voices, coaches, the internet, Instagram, family, friends, social media, TV, whatever. And you start to have all these outside influences that tell you, you should be different. You should do things differently. Um, So going back to that sense of, okay, I can just be me. I can just be who I am, who I'm supposed to be. And I think what's so cool too about human design is this element of helping you to remember who you are. So that permission piece like helps you plug into like, oh yeah, that's me. And I don't have to do anything more than just be who I am. Exactly. Because we're born knowing who we are. Like that day one, we know everything about Mm -hmm. who we are. Day two, we're well on our way to forgetting it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it just continues until 
Well, until we're reminded of who we are, until we have something to fall back on. And for me, human design was that thing to fall back on. Through my years as a coach, I really was trying to help people remember who they are, but I didn't have anything to point to. Mm -hmm. And then once I had the human design piece, I was like, no, look, see, look at this. In your chart, it says, like, for instance, you're not here to be specific. So that thing you're trying to do that's not working for you, that's not feeling good, Maybe it's because you're trying to be specific. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your soul picked out that that's not the way for you to go. So knock it off. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's such a good point too, is like, you know who you are on day one. And then we start to fully immerse ourselves into life and the world and things change. But I find it interesting. And I'm curious if this has been in your experience too. It was probably in my mid twenties that I started to feel like, okay, maybe I need to start embarking on this journey to remembering who I am. There's like this mm -hmm. part of you, like this pull of, I want to dive in. And some of us dive in via human design or astrology or talk therapy or um, reading books and self-help and everything in between. And it sounds like human design helped you do that too. Of You started to embark on this journey and this process of saying, okay, I'm ready to really fully embrace and embody like who, who I am and, and remember that too. Yeah. And it's interesting as you talk about the timing for you, because for me, I think it's actually been a lifelong pursuit, mm. like a lifelong, like I'm not like everyone else. So how do I like, what's going on? Um, Okay. I'm feeling called to share this. I was, didn't see this coming, but <laughs> when I was, I don't know, like two or three, apparently I called myself Tashi. Mm -hmm. My parents said it's because I couldn't pronounce K or L mm -hmm. sounds. And I don't know how true that is, but maybe 10 years ago, I was reading a book on a flight to San Francisco and there was the word Tashi. T-A-S-H-I. Mm. And it's Tibetan for light. And oh my goodness, it's like my soul vibrated. And I was like, I, when I was like two years old, mm. I would say I am light. I knew then mm -hmm. that I am light, that my soul is light. And then I forgot. Mm. I'm such a silly human. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that because you never know when those reminders are going to pop up at you. And I feel like it's always sort of guided. It's all in its own timing or divine timing when it does appear. I'm curious, like in that moment where you read it on the plane, were you, and you don't have to answer this, but I'm wondering if you were in a space where you needed that reminder that you are light, that you, there is more to, you know, sort of like this human experience and the trials and the tribulations and the struggle and the highs and the lows. I find that those messages or those reminders pop up usually when we need it and we don't even realize that we need it too. Uh, yes. And that's actually something specific in your chart. In mine? That, yes. That um, things are always going to come for, to you at the perfect timing. Mm. Always. You just got to trust it. All right. That's so interesting. Well, I want to take a quick step back because I know we are going to talk a little bit about my chart, but I realized we started diving in about human design and I didn't even say, what is human design? So for anybody that's brand new to human design, um, 
what is it? What does it show? Um, yeah, if you wouldn't mind just, just sharing before we kind of dive into to my chart, which I know we'll talk about. Yeah. So it. let me explain it two ways. Okay. First of all, your little baby soul got called to earth school and it got so excited and it decided who you're going to be when you're here and what you're here to do. In other words, how you're going to change the world because each one of us is here to change the world. And then it picked out all the little pieces of gold that you needed to do your work here, to be who you're supposed to be and to do what you're supposed to do. And it like gave you this toolkit and sent you on your way. All of that information is in your human design chart. Now, the less interesting version, in my opinion, is that human design was channeled in the 80s. And it's a combination of the chakra system, astrology, the Kabbalah tree of life. And I feel like I'm missing one other thing, but it's just a combination of all of these systems Mm -hmm. put together. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got to, I got to say, I love the way that you described it because the, the second way you described it is the way I've heard it described and what I've read and what I've seen, but I love the way that you described it because what you said, each one of us is here to change the world. And I think we need to know that and remember that because we're not just here to just be here. We're here for a purpose and we all play a role within that. But I love that you said that because it's about remembering that we can be here. We can step into who we are, what we love, have it be, you know, like really who we are. And that helps to play the role of changing the world. You don't have to do some big, gigantic thing. You can just be you. And that plays a role in changing the world. In fact, we need you to be you. Yeah. Each one of us is here to change the world in our own very unique way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like to think of this planet as not covered in seven or 8 billion different humans. No, no, no. We are one human shattered into 8 billion different pieces. Mm. And when each of us own and share our gifts, those pieces fit together and then we rise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's remembering too, I think, exactly what you just said, that we're all connected. We're not separate, but we are unique within being connected. And so if, oh God, I mean, I talk about this all the time, but it's about remembering this shared level of um, humanity or consciousness or togetherness that we are really all here to support one another because we all are connected, but it's about how you can have your own individual unique expression as part of that. So you and I are connected, but we are not the same. Like we have our own unique gifts and interests and, um, you know, ways of seeing the world, but at the end of the day, we're all connected. And I I just think we got to remember that now, probably more than ever. Yeah. And right now, like that's one of the things that mother earth and coronavirus are trying to wake us up to. Mm. Like you are all connected, come together as one and you don't have to come together in physical space mm-hmm. because our energy connects us. Like we're on opposite ends of the country right now. Mm-hmm. And yet just with our energy, we're like intertwined right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can do anything. Yeah. I think we got to remember that energetic aspect too, because I think we often um, just think about being connected in that physical form. But I don't know, I think kind of what a gift to have been 
removed from that physical gathering to obviously now we're doing it digitally, but within that is you're still sharing space. You're still sharing emotion and conversation and it's an energetic exchange. And so there's still that energy flowing. I think, oh, I just, I really am so glad you talked about that and you're sharing about that because I think we need to remember that, especially in moments when you feel alone, you feel isolated, you feel um, separate. If you can help, if you can tune back into that sort of energetic connection, I think it does help remind you and comfort you and, and bring you back together with kind of this common, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think you know what I mean, kind of this common togetherness. Yeah, a lot of people, there. there's like a, a lot of people right now like to talk about like how horrible Zoom is and how they feel disconnected <laughs> the from fatigue. the world. Yes, the Zoom <laughs> fatigue. And then I'm over here being like, I love Zoom. Mm-hmm. Like I've been on Zoom with my business for years now. Yeah. And I don't know if I actually go deeper with people thanks to Zoom, but I certainly am not limited yeah. by it yeah. at all. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that because I think, I mean, it's interesting. I'm on video calls all day for work. And by the end of it, I'm like, oh my God, I can't do anymore. Like I can't be on the phone anymore. But if I'm doing like a podcast recording and on Zoom, like I want to be on Zoom. I want to see you. I want to hear, like, you know, have this moment of connection. So it's interesting kind of the, we all, I think, go through these highs and lows with, with Zoom and being connected in this way. And what an interesting time. Yeah. And I think it actually, what you just said, highlights something that, that people don't talk about that often, which is like, peopling can be exhausting. When we go deep with people, it's energetically expensive. Mm-hmm. And like when I first started my coaching business, I remember so many people would have like eight clients a day. And I was like, there's no way I could do that. And I think at one point, I think one day I had five clients and was like completely dysfunctional. Then one day <laughs> I had like three clients and was like, okay, if those are spaced perfectly, that's kind of doable. And then was like, wait, why am I even doing this? To Two Mm -hmm. is my max Mm -hmm. because I'd like to be able to give energy to my husband and my dog at the end of the day and to Mm -hmm. me yeah, and to fill myself up beforehand. Yeah. I think one of the biggest lessons I've taken from this time in the last year is knowing my own bandwidth and knowing as much, like knowing where my limits are, knowing where I want to give my energy, where I need to conserve it. And honestly, before this time, I don't know if I was even super conscious of that, like super conscious of, okay, am I doing too much? Am I trying to push too hard? Now, oh, I'm home all the time. I work from home. I sleep here. I exercise here. I'm with my family here. Like everything is in this one space. And it's really sort of illuminated for me, like how much I can do in a day. Where can I cap it? How can I spread things out? How can I still make sure I'm giving to, you know, the people in my life that's, that are important, still giving to myself and the podcast and work and everything else in between. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way. Like, okay, I actually understand my own limits now. Okay. Now the next step is how do I respect my own limits? And I think we're all kind of on that journey. The more I'm talking to to people, both for the podcast, but in, in DMs and in my own life, it's just, I think we're all figuring that out right now. Mm-hmm. And that's part of owning and sharing our gifts mm-hmm. because we're not here to totally run ourselves into the ground, especially run ourselves into the ground, doing something that we're really not designed for. Yeah. Yeah. But 
we are here to like share those gifts. So it's all of our job. I don't know the proper, like where the S goes in that, (laughs) but for all of us, (laughs) it is our priority to take care of our energy so that when we show up for doing what it is, we're really here to do we can be our sparkliest selves. Mm-hmm. Like that is our gift to the world. There's this Ram Dass quote about like the most loving thing you can do for other people is to work on yourself. Mm. And it's true. Take care of yourself, work on yourself, see yourself. And then it's, it's in your, for you particularly Sydney, it's, in you allowing yourself to be the lighthouse, Mm. that that is going to like, that's going to light you up so that people are going to look to you for guidance. Mm. That's the way that you give the most to the world. Mm. Okay. So now I think we got to dive in to talking about my chart because you, you just brought that up and now I'm like, all right, I think we got to transition and talk about this. But before we do, I think knowing your energy, honoring your energy and being able to share your energy and and your light in the way that feels good, allows you to not only step into your joy, but bring the most joy into your life, I think is what we are stepping more into. And I think it's so time. And I'm really excited about it because I just think I think the world, we're going to start to shake things up a bit by just having that sort of reminder. So I wanted to say that before we kind of dive in to my chart. Okay. So wait, that makes me want to say just yeah, like please, a please, please. glimpse I just got into the future. Imagine, I don't know what it's like going to the post office where you live, mm. but um, we used to go to the this post office in Maine when we lived there where the employees were really, really angry, (laughs) really, really horribly miserable and angry. But imagine that every human is really, truly taking care of themselves and owning and sharing their gifts. Mm -hmm. And then imagine going to the post office and being like being fed energy instead Mm -hmm. of it totally draining you. Mm-hmm. And imagine like going everywhere you go to do the errands that you're not super psyched about. And you just get this like big jolt of like, oh my God, I feel so much joy and yeah. like bubbly energy just as a result of going and mailing that package. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all the places and the people and the things that deplete you <laughs> and like are sucking like the energy out of you, like energy vampires, it's going to shift. I, I think that's, oh, sign me up. Sign me up for that. I'm into it. I'm, I think it's time. It was so interesting. I was on the phone with a pharmacist the other day and she was apologizing that something wasn't ready. And I said, it's okay. It's like not a big deal. She's like, I've got my hands full with COVID. I said, um, yeah, I can like only imagine how are you doing? And she was so shocked that I asked her that. And she says, wow, like I just have to thank you for your kindness. And I was taken aback that she even felt that she had to thank me for just being yes. normal. <laughs> like normal. Um, so I, I think, I think we're feeling it and I think we're going to start moving in that direction for sure. I just learned that, um, I don't, I'm about to tell you pretty much the extent of my numerology knowledge mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that 20, mine is at zero by the way. So okay. So good. here, here, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to bump it up a teeny tiny smidgen. Great. 2021 is a five year and five is all about change. Mm. The mm. end. 
of my end. numerology knowledge. Well, <laughs> guess what? If that's the extent of your numerology knowledge, and then by extension, mine as well, and all we have to know is that this year brings great change, sign us up. Sign mm-hmm. us up. Okay, so we got to dive into my chart. So I'm excited to hear what, what you have to share. I sent you all my birth details. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let you drive the bus on this one. Wherever you okay. want to start, whatever feels good. I'm excited. I don't, I haven't had my, well, so let me say this. A couple of years ago, I found human design via another podcast. And I was like, this is so cool. Like the same, kind of like the eventual reaction you had. And I dove in and I started reading and I, my mind just went like, like in a circle, like, I don't know, this is a lot, but there's so my knowledge is very basic very basic, like the extent of your numerology knowledge and the extent of my human design knowledge. Okay. Well, then let's, let's amplify that. Okay. All right. right now. Sounds good. So there are five different energy types in human design. And the truth is we all have all of these types within us, but we've got one type that's our dominant type. So there's generator, manifesting generator, which is me, manifester, projector, and reflector. And you are a projector. So projectors are not like the rest of us. You are, you're like a bird hanging out on a tree branch and all the rest of us are scrambling around on the ground. Now, your bird's eye view, I mean, it gives you a bird's eye view. You can see everything that's going on. So you're like watching the squirrels go and hide their nuts and then recover their nuts and, and Maybe someday you have the temptation, you're watching the squirrel look for his nuts and you're like, yo, squirrel, they're over there. And the squirrel looks up and is like, who are you? And what are you doing? Shut up. Like (laughs) I can find my own damn nuts. Now imagine the squirrel's going around and squirrel looks up and is like, hey, Sydney, do you know where I put my nuts? And you're like, yeah, they're right over there. He goes and gets the nuts and he's like, oh my goodness, thank you so much for helping me find my nuts. So projectors are here to guide the rest of us, but we need to make space for your wisdom to to drop into us. Mm. So when you just give unsolicited advice, we haven't made space for your wisdom yet. But when we make space for it and we invite you to share your wisdom... Oh my goodness. It's just like mind-blowing wisdom. And mm. we all need that. Now, so your job is to create invitations in your life. And this doesn't mean a lot of projectors get stuck in this mm-hmm. and think that they're basically just like supposed to sit on the couch all day and wait to be invited to do things. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, keep doing, keep creating. But when you want to guide somebody maybe you ask first, like, Hey, can I share this? Mm-hmm. Um, and know that, you know, everyone who listens to your podcast, they have already invited you. Mm. Go ahead. Share your wisdom. Um, okay. So projectors aren't so good at seeing themselves. So your job is to see yourself. Mm. And when you see yourself, then you're going to light up like that lighthouse and everyone else is going to see you. You're here to guide people, to share your wisdom and to make existing systems more effective and more efficient. Does that resonate? 
You know, it's so interesting. I got to, we got to move back a couple paces. That was the best explanation of waiting for an invitation I've ever heard. So I have to tell you that (laughs) I love that. And I think it's interesting in the last year or so, when someone is telling me something, um, either at work or in my personal life, I'm not, like the other day I was on the phone with a friend and she was telling me her idea for something. And I said, Hey, could I share some thoughts with you? And she was like, yes, please. So I find in the last like year or so, I definitely, I try and preface things with like, w- like, would you be open to my opinion or can I share some thoughts with you? Or what do you think if I share this idea with you? So it's interesting. I've sort of been like subconsciously doing that. So that's pretty cool. And interesting too, about seeing yourself. I do find in the last couple of years, I've I've been able to see see myself, I think a little bit more clearly. I feel like it's been a lifelong journey of that inner work of really understanding myself and, you know, where some pitfalls are or some areas of improvement and, but it's a lifelong journey, you know? And so I find that to be really interesting too. Still working on it. Your setup you've got another piece in your chart that makes it hard for you to see yourself. Hmm. So your profile in human design is at two, four. So the numbers, maybe it's three, five, two, four, five, one, four, six. That's your profile. The closest thing to your personality. Mm-hmm. So two fours have, they, they can't see themselves. You guys are so good at pretty much everything. You pick things up so fast. Um, because of that, sometimes you're not the best teacher because you get it so quickly mm-hmm. and you just tell people, well, you just do it. And they're left being like, what? At <laughs> work, because I train a lot of, a lot of my coworkers on things at work. And I often find myself being like, wait, I just explained that. Hey, hold on. <laughs> and then I'm like explaining again. And I'm not frustrated by it. Like, it, like I'm happy to continue to explain, but I, sometimes I'm like, wait, did I forget a step? Like, cause for, you know, and you have that moment where you're like, well, for me, it made sense, you know, mm-hmm. but like non-judgmentally, you're just like, okay, how can I figure out another way to explain this or present this so that it'll be beneficial to the other person? So that's so interesting. That's yeah, like so just know of, that part of me, it's part of the chart. It is. Okay. You, you're just good at everything. You pick things up. Wicked okay, don't tell, don't tell my family that they'll be like, great. Now, now Kelsey made Sydney think she's really great at everything. <laughs> but you are, you are. I want you to think that I want you to know that. And uh, that piece about you not being able to see yourself is you have no idea that you're good at all these things. Okay. That's but, true. But people don't are going to tell then. you. Yeah. People are going to tell you throughout your life that you're really good at things and you're going to think that they're just like being nice. Yes. And they're not, (laughs) people are not that nice. (laughs) No, No, they're they're not. You're right. Why would they want to just tell you you're good at things that you're not good at? That's so funny because I I always am like that. I'm like, oh, you're just saying that to be nice. Or you're just saying that, you know, because you feel like you have to. And you're right. The response is always, no, I don't have to say those things. Or I don't have to feel that way. Like I'm genuinely sharing this with you. So fascinating. And you can't see it in yourself until somebody points it out for you. Hmm. So once they point it out for you, think of that as your invitation to see it in yourself. When somebody's mm-hmm. like, hey, you explain that really well, you'll be like, oh, like your job, your job when somebody says that you did something really well is to say, and you can do part of this internally, thank you, I know. Mm. 
So like you're, you're acknowledging it, but also receiving it. Yeah. And like embodying it. Mm -hmm. And if you are with people that, you know, you can truly own the, I know out loud, do it. Okay. I'm going to do it. Do it and make eye contact with them too. It's so scary. And you can totally (laughs) handle this. And this goes for everyone, whether you're a 2-4 or any other profile. Go ahead and practice the the truly receiving a compliment. Thank you. I was about to say, we all, I, I mean, I find this so often, we all at certain times in our lives or just in general, really struggle with not only receiving a compliment, but hearing it and accepting it and integrating it too. Like you say like, oh, thanks so much. But then on the inside, you're like, I don't think so. That's not true. Like, so just, I mean, I, oh my God, growing up, my grandparents, my parents all the time would be like, you, why is it so hard for you to receive a compliment? They gave you a compliment. You're squirming. And I would just be like, it's so uncomfortable. (laughs) So learning, oh my God, I've been working on this for my whole life of, accepting the compliment and really hearing it though and being able to like you said embody it too and like integrate it and receive it Mm -hmm. well yeah it's a journey and let's let's take a moment just to like shout out a classic thing women tend to do is somebody compliments you on like a dress Mm -hmm. and you either say thanks I got it on sale (laughs) what why do they care you're qualifying it or thanks it has pockets (laughs) like Hey, listen, when something has pockets, it's a game changer though, okay? (laughs) It makes a big difference. But we qualify it, right? You're like qualifying the compliment. We can't just say thank you so much. I love it. Or just thank you. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like drink that in. Somebody just gave you this delicious little nugget, nugget of a compliment and you just get to gobble it up. They just gave you a gift. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting that that is something that we all either resist or just struggle with. And I think it goes back sometimes to like what you shared about seeing yourself, but also part of it too is understanding, I guess, seeing, knowing, acknowledging, accepting your own worthiness, your own capability, like who you are and like really owning it. You know, like really like, Hey, that's yeah, you're right. Thank you for that compliment about my dress. I I have good taste or like, you know, I think we got to own it. Yes. So another thing about being a two, four is you, you hone your brilliance when you're alone. Mm -hmm. So your own, your alone time is sacred time for you. And maybe lockdown isn't so bad for you because you're actually totally fine being home all the time and being alone. I've been okay. (laughs) And people who don't know you really well, most people probably think you're an extrovert Mm -hmm. and think you like, oh, Sydney must be having such a hard time because she just loves people so much because that's what you look like from the outside because you've got these two sides to you. This like need to be alone and this love of people, but it's not all people. It's your people. Mm-hmm. Like you love your tribe hard. Mm-hmm. Also mm-hmm. don't waste your time networking. Things are going to come to you through people, you know. Okay. That's good to know. Noted. So interesting because I have missed, you know, going out and seeing friends, like meeting my, my, my people for, you know, things that we used to do that were things we've done for over 10 years. But overall, like I've loved being at home. And this, it's given me so much like 
I'm not going to lie, like the fact that I don't have to rush out the door to go to work, I just kind of ease into the day. You know, I've got like two and a half hours before my day technically starts. Like, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm okay with being by myself. It's given me, I mean, so much opportunity of like exploration and working on the podcast and all the things in between. But, but yeah, you know, there are things you do miss too, but interesting about the networking. All right. I'll remember that. It's good to know. So then where shall I go next? Um, I'm going to kind of jump around. You're here to be an advocate for others. Ooh. Okay. I thought that might resonate with you. I mean, like that is what you are. Mm -hmm. You are an advocate for others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That resonates. Yeah. Thank you for sharing You're here. So I was talking earlier about how I'm not supposed to be specific. Mm -hmm. You are supposed to be specific. Okay. So everything you hear about getting super specific specific about what you want, um, if I ask you where you want to be a year from now, you're going to speak it into truth. Mm. Get so super as clear. As possible. Yes. Okay. And you will manifest okay. what, you, what you speak into the world. Okay. Uh, you're not here to be super consistent. In fact, the, the less consistent you are, the easier you'll flow. Interesting. Okay. I am one of the most consistent people you will probably ever meet. (laughs) But so consistency appears in different places in our lives. Okay. For me, when I first heard this, so I'm here to be consistent. And I was like, one person presented it as like, well, a routine, like you're going to want to go to work at the same time and like have this office job and like all these alarms are going off in my head. I'm like, no, Katie, that like, sounds no, thank like you. hell to me. Absolutely not. Um, but I do have this pretty much ride or die morning routine, morning routine that I've had for like five years. Mm-hmm. And I have been known to get up at like three 30 in the morning if I have to oh my God. get all in. Wow. That's, that's commitment. That's, that's where consistency shows up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You're not supposed to do that. That's interesting because like with the podcast or things I do, like it's on a schedule, I do things, but maybe it's my version of consistency showing up in a way that um, makes me feel good, but also feels like I'm sharing with the world what feels good to me, what's important, what I want to, what I want to share. But, you know, actually, as I've tried the routine thing, I don't have a morning routine. Um, I can't do it. <laughs> I've tried. Good. Don't. Um, every morning is different, but I do like just like to have that time for myself where I know like, okay, I'm either going to lay here for 45 extra minutes or I'm going to, you know, get up and read something or go on a walk. Like I play around with what it looks like. So, okay. That's good to know. Right, and so- that is exactly how you're supposed to be doing it. Okay. Yeah. Cause there was a time, like I remember two years ago, I had like for six months, this really solid routine. I was like really proud of myself. I was like, wow, Sydney, you got this routine going. And then one day I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. Like this is, it didn't, it just didn't make me feel good. And I think this is what's interesting about human design and this element of permission. Cause how many times have you heard some blogger or podcaster or website talk about how the key to your well-being is a morning routine? And if you don't have it, you're, you're screwed. Or if you don't do things a certain way, you know what I mean? Like you've seen that. Mm-hmm. And so I think about knowing what's going to be good for you and what you like, what makes you feel like the best version of you possible and then sticking with that. So I guess if that means no routine or you just decide what you're going to do, you know, for that hour you have free, then that, that's the answer. 
And another thing that we see influencers mm-hmm. talk about all the time is there's assumption that everyone is supposed to be motivated all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Your motivation comes in waves. Mm-hmm. So maybe for, I don't know how long your waves are, maybe for a week, maybe for a month, maybe for six months, you're super motivated to do a specific workout and then you're not. What you need to remember is that there's a gift in every part of that wave. So even in the trough, like perhaps you're not motivated to do that workout, but maybe you are motivated to paint. Mm -hmm. Can we just talk about what you just said? There's a gift in every part of the wave. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so good. Because often I think we think when it's like really turbulent, like there's no gift here. I'm just trying to keep my head above water. Mm -hmm. But no, actually, even in that time, there's a gift. There's something to learn or recognize about yourself or let go of. Yeah. That's so good. I'm so glad you said that. Um, And that reminds me, well, actually, where was I going to go? Oh, I said painting. You did say painting. So you have the gift of artistic creativity. What are you doing with it? So growing up, I was big into art. Like I was um, painting and sketching and all of these things. And I remember in middle school, we had these like art fairs that that you would send stuff out to. It was like county fairs. And um, I won a couple of awards sometimes and that was pretty fun and cool. But like, I didn't like anything I created. I was like, I am not into it. Um, But I haven't really done anything with like, well, I tried the paint by numbers. I tried it in this quarantine. I thought I was going to jump out the window. It was so, <laughs> it's so like meticulous and all these like little sections. And my, my, my sister, my sisters are so good at it. And I just was like, I can't do this. Um, but I think that I don't I, feel like you're here to stay inside the lines. No. And not like that. Oh my God. It was painful. <laughs> and then when I would scribble outside the line, trying to get this one little tiny section, I was like ready to pull my hair out because I was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't do this. Um, but interesting. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I do feel like the podcast is that sense of creativity for me, mm-hmm. you know, like with, between like sitting down right now to have this conversation with you feels like a creative experience. Um, when I get to like work on graphics or a new idea I have, like for me, I feel like I've channeled all of that creativity into seek the joy. Um, but I haven't really done outside of the paint by numbers. I haven't really done anything else that's more like artistic, like tangible, like with your hands, that kind of thing. So this gift is not just golden. It's like your soul picked this out and it's golden nugget. And then it surrounded it with diamonds. Ooh. Really big for you. Okay. All right. So I think I need to explore that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many ways, but I don't think it's confined by lines. No, no. Okay. That That doesn't fit. How cool. Um, let's talk about emotions. Okay. So in human design, there's a difference between emotions and feelings Mm -hmm. and feelings come from our head. Like you think something and then you feel it. So maybe you think, uh, I'm going to pull my hair out from this paint by numbers. (laughs) So you feel frustrated. Emotions don't have any thought associated with them. They just flow through us. So you feel and amplify other people's emotions. You don't have your own emotions. You have your own feelings, but you don't have your own emotions. 
but you feel everybody else's stuff and you make it big. I feel like the megaphone sometimes. You are the megaphone. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, my parents got to listen to this because (laughs) it's going to answer so many growing up questions. It's like this sponginess too. And like you pick it up and then you amplify it because Mm -hmm. I don't think growing up, especially I knew how to discern my own feelings or emotions from somebody else's. Like you, you sense a tension in a moment, right? And then you start to embody that tension. And the next thing you know, you're f- trying to find an outlet for that tension um, because you don't know what to do with it. So interesting. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it really wasn't until like my early 20s that I even started to understand that I'm that megaphone. And so I've got to take a moment to check in like, is this mine? Or is this yours? Okay, it's not mine. So what are we going to do with it? And it, it's really, God, I wish I knew this at like nine. I I'm so... amazed that you learned it in your early 20s because mm-hmm. I have coached people in their 50s and 60s who are just now, they're resistant to learning this. Mm-hmm. But they're, they've been to therapy for years being like, I'm feeling this this like black cloud follows me around. Yeah. But therapy can't help them with it because- it's not theirs. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so interesting because the first time I ever heard the word empath was in therapy when I was 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. And my therapist at the time was very much into holistic healing and wellness and spirituality. And so she introduced me to to things and words and you know that I had never come across previously. And so I'm really grateful for that because maybe that would have meant I would, wouldn't have started to embark on that journey of understanding until a little bit later. But, oh, it's fascinating. The megaphone. You Truth. are the megaphone. Yep. You're the megaphone in other ways too, because you amplify other people's voices as you're an advocate for others. And that's what I've been trying to do with the show is, especially in the last year or so, and in this sister podcast I created called Stories of Inspiring Joy, is like really provide a space and opportunity to amplify all of our voices, but in a way that we feel is true and authentic for us. So, oh my God. All right. That's cool. That's very- um, You're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Okay. All right. That's cool. I told you before, like the first thing I saw when I looked at your chart was yeah. you have the gift of joy. Oh my God. Yes. And I said that to you at the beginning of this too. And when you sent me that email, I was like, what? This is very on brand mm-hmm. <laughs> and accidentally on brand because 10 years, five years ago, who I never would have been like, oh, I have a, I'll have a podcast about joy. Like, no way. That was not even in the consciousness at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was just waiting for you to like scrape away the dirt so you could see mm-hmm. that golden nugget right there. And that, that gift of joy also has a piece of like constant improvement, mm-hmm. always seeing what needs fixing. And the way I think of that is imagine you're giving me a tour of your house and I'm like, Oh, I love the way you did this section of your kitchen. You're like, thanks. We're going to do this and this and this and this. Like it's, it's the, like not even accepting the compliment because you're so busy telling me what, what you're going to fix and what we're going to yeah. do. That's so interesting. Yeah. So I have to ask the gift of joy. Is it about sharing joy? Is it about being able to tap into it? Yeah. Yes. To both because all of our gifts are for owning and sharing. Mm. Mm. So like all of our intuitive gifts 
are for owning and then sharing because it's about, we're not so intuitive about ourselves necessarily. Like yeah. we, we have the intuition, like avoid that dark alley. Mm-hmm. Like don't go something in that black water. Mm-hmm. We've got that for ourselves, but the rest is like, we're intuitive for other people. Mm-hmm. When we turn it on ourselves, no, we, it's like darkness when we turn it on ourselves. For instance, yeah. you've got the gift of, well, it's the gift of ultimate co-creation with the universe. And this can also come with the fear of the past repeating itself. <laughs> but you can see like trends and patterns in the world and you can turn that on yourself and just have that fear of the past repeating itself. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh my God, it's going to happen again. No, see it out in the world. Mm-hmm. See that you can create something different out in the world. Mm. So being able to remind yourself that part of this, really this journey being here is, is co-creation. You're co-creating your experience, but remembering that it doesn't have to be bad. It can be this beautiful, majestic, I don't know where I got that word from, but like magical, miracle infused sort of experience of co-creation of creating the life that you're really excited about. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, am I going to like create the same circumstance again or have that same experience again? I think that's a powerful reminder. Yeah, it is. If we believe in miracles, if we ask to be shown miracles, we're going to find them. Mm -hmm. I had this experience. I have this gift as well. And my dog was, what was it? It was a vestibular issue um, a few months back. And so he like all of a sudden couldn't walk. Mm. It's terrifying. And the next morning in my meditation, and we had to, we created a padded palace for him because when he did get up, he was like Wobbly. drunk. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And so the next morning in my meditation, I said, please show me miracles. And then I heard the click, click, click of his nails on the floor. And he walked into my office, which he never does during my meditation. Oh, it was literally at that moment. That's huge. Yeah. Oh my God. So what a confirmation for you in that moment of, I can co-create yes. this experience and your poor puppy. I'm so He's glad. Better. I'm so He's glad. Oh. And we just get to ask, show me the miracles because mm-hmm. they are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are. And I find... You know, I've had moments, and I'm curious if this has been in your experience too, in the last, especially, I keep saying the last year, but the last year is so prevalent, like in my mind of, you know, you have, you have moments where you, you doubt whether or not you can see beyond the muck, right. Of like, oh my God, like how much longer is this craziness going to go on? What are we living through? What is happening? You see, you know, obviously suffering and everything else in between. And well, I mean, I could go on and on, but being able to sort of like push through, not even push through, but just like wipe your hands through the muck a little bit and see, you know, okay, there is a light at the end of this tunnel. Okay. How do I want that light to look for me? What can I start to think about and create and be part of? And I think for me, that's been so much of like the saving grace during this time of like, how can I 
orchestrate that light for myself at the end of this tunnel. And maybe, maybe I don't even have to view it as being in a tunnel. Maybe I can just view it as this is the here and now, like this is this weird in between that I get to be part of and celebrate and have life, you know, within, I've been saying this for like at least six months, but like, sometimes I feel like we're like, oh, we're in these in-between moments and there's nothing here for me. And everything is on pause because life has been on pause in a way for so many, but actually there's a lot of life here and there's a lot of love here and opportunity and joy. And it's what you make of it. It's really, really what you make of it. Yeah. And the in-between, that's where the magic comes in. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done a meditation where you focus on the inhale mm-hmm. and the exhale? What about the space in between? Because mm. we don't just go like in, out. We go in and then there's a pause and then we go out. And then there's a pause and then we go in again. Yeah. And those pauses, that's where the magic comes in. Mm. And so 2020 and 2021, this Mm -hmm. is a great pause. This is, there is so much magic right now. Like, Like when I put both my feet on the ground, I feel it. I feel it like bubbling in the earth. There's like little golden glitter light that's just like just beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who wants to be part of it, you just say yes. Like, mm-hmm. yes, show me the miracles, show me the magic. And you'll see it. You'll mm-hmm. feel it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you hmm, one more little tidbit, which is that your superpower is you're a different person in different situations. So you're, you're everybody and you're nobody. (laughs) And it allows you like, it's, so I don't know what it would be like to be having a conversation with you as a different person because Mm -hmm. I'm me, but I imagine every single person who gets to be in your energy has a different experience. How cool is that? That's so interesting because I think the first word that just came to mind is being a bit of a shapeshifter like a chameleon. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we think that's a bad thing. Like, oh, I'm not consistent or, oh my God, the word consistent, or I'm not, you know, I'm not showing up the same way every time, but actually maybe that's a good thing. Maybe being able to, you know, stay true to your own energy, but also match the conversation or match the other person or show up in a different way where where the moment commands you to show up in that way. Maybe it's a good thing. I just remember growing up, sometimes you would hear like, no, you're not consistent. Like you were so different with them than you were with me. And I would sometimes be like, I didn't even notice that, but maybe it's not that bad. (laughs) So I would get the opposite. Really? Can't you you like try to blend in a little more? Mm. No. Interesting. Can't. I'll like fall on my face. Yeah. So I admit that I used to judge people like, why are they like, they're not consistent. Why are they like not authentic? I can't tell who they are. Yes. Human design showed me, oh, this is a superpower that they have. So it doesn't just give you permission to be you, but it gives me permission to see your magic more clearly and to mm-hmm. love you as you. Mm-hmm. You just said something that I think is so important. I want to just make sure I highlight it because it's about changing our definition of what it means to be authentic. And I think the definition that has been roaming around because it is such a buzzword 
is about like, it's like about being the same all the time. But really, I think we need to remember that authenticity is the way in which you choose to show up in that moment that makes you feel the most like you and that you know it is true to you. It makes you feel good. All the things in between. And I think if we can shift that that perception, understanding, and definition really of authenticity, it's going to make a huge difference. And maybe human design will help do that. Mm. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. That was so well said. Oh, I am. Oh, I just hit my mic. I am so, I'm like so excited that we connected. And I'm, I feel like you and I could talk for literally forever. I just noticed we're like almost coming up on an hour, which is wild. But before we go, first of all, I got to thank you so much for what you shared about me and my chart. And I hope anyone that's listening is like feeling super called to work with you and, and have a reading of their own because this is a huge gift of yours. Like the way you share everything and it's so easily understandable and digestible. Like if you contrast everything that Kelsey just shared with what a chart actually looks like, you would be astounded. But before we go, I really want to ask you the question that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. And um, that is, what is your biggest dream? Mm. I love asking this. So I got to ask you. My biggest dream. This feels so dorky. I dream of this world where I don't know. Apparently I do know we are going to have this gift in the future where we can see each other's human design charts. Mm. And it's just like, I'm going to look at your face and I'm going to see your chart and I'm going to be able to be like, Oh, she's an advocate for others. Oh, she's got this gift of joy and, and to be able to be like, Oh, I'm looking for somebody who has this gift. Will you help me with this project? Or just like, can we play together? Cause mm-hmm. we have like lots in common where we can really truly see each other and we celebrate other people for owning and sharing their gifts and for being their authentic selves. And we own and share our own gifts and celebrate ourselves. And we know that we are here to change the world in our own very unique way and that Mm -hmm. everyone else is here to change the world in their own unique way and that we all get to fit together to rise. Hmm. It's not dorky at all. In fact, it's the total (laughs) opposite. And oh my God, that, that, okay, well, let's hope you and I are both here long enough in this incarnation or whatever to in this lifetime to see that because that would be so cool and I love what you said about being able to celebrate what makes us unique what makes us different our gifts what we love what lights us up if we can step into that like feeling that vibration that being of celebrating one another it's gonna be a much kinder joy-filled world Kelsey I can't thank you enough this has been so much fun I hope everybody's watching this on YouTube because the joy, but the word joy behind you is like really glowing in this moment. So mm-hmm. I can't thank you enough. The, light, in right the now. light from where you are. Oh my gosh. Okay. Where can everybody find you? Connect, learn more and, and just tune in a little bit to your energy and, and what you're sharing. I have had so much fun with you. Um, I come on over to KelseyAbbott.com. That's well, that's my little home on the internet. And you can listen to me and learn some more about human design on the Find Your Awesome podcast and also on YouTube on Inspiration Station with Kelsey and Tina. Perfect. Everything's going in the show notes. It'll be so easy for everyone to find you and connect and learn more. And this was so much fun. I mean, 
I said this at the beginning, my favorite part about your sort of like bio or description of yourself is this element of being an instigator of joy. And I feel like it oozes out of you and it. I feel like this conversation was so joy-filled, so I'm so excited to share it. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you so much for seeing me. You beautiful, brilliant projector. It feels so good to be seen. I love you. This has been amazing. Ditto. This is amazing. Oh. That was so good, right? Like, I just felt, just felt so seen throughout the entire conversation. And I just, I have loved connecting with Kelsey and I'm so happy to now be able to call her a friend. And I say this all the time, but the connections and the people that I've been able to meet as a result of the podcast has been life-changing, truly life-changing. And so speaking of meeting new people. I had the really wonderful opportunity to meet Justine Kim. She's the host of Becoming, and it's a podcast all about women work and how they're finding their whys. And I'm really excited to introduce you to her right now. We had a short conversation that I'm really thrilled to share. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Justine Kim of Becoming. So Justine, I'm really excited because you and I have connected and you have a really wonderful podcast um, called Becoming. And Mm -hmm. I have just been so excited and inspired by what you're doing, what you've started. So why did you start the show? I'd love to start there. Yeah. And I think it's a great place to start. So the idea for the podcast first started when I was in college. I was given a lot of opportunities to be a moderator, to be an interviewer at different events. And I found that I really enjoyed like helping people translate other people's stories um, or helping translate other people's stories. That's a way that I heard someone say it recently, being a story translator, mm-hmm. um, just asking people thoughtful questions, you know, hearing their stories, connecting the dots, really getting to the core of what they were saying and learning from them. I just loved that whole process and being in that position. And then my senior year, I was able to do that really frequently within an organization that I helped found that was all about supporting women on campus, like in their preferred personal and professional development. And in that role, I was moderating a lot of panels, coordinating a lot of speaker events, workshops that featured women in LA. And what I found through that experience is the importance of uplifting women's voices and stories. I had a lot of students come up to me, young and old, not old, old meaning like seniors, (laughs) come up to me and say, and I was a senior at the time, so I was also in that boat, but um, (laughs) saying that they had, wish they had a space like this, wish they had an organization like this earlier, um, before in their college career, and how much value they were getting out of hearing these women's stories, and that just solidified the importance in my mind, and I wondered why there wasn't a space like that before, Mm -hmm. and I remember I was about to graduate, I wanted a way to document these conversations, because because I, I think when you're in a role of being a moderator and an interviewer, you have a lot of, in a kind of group space and with an audience, you become very focused on what the audience is interested in learning, what questions they want answered. So maybe this was a bit selfish of me, but I wanted 
to ask questions that I wanted to be answered. I wanted to really focus on someone one-on-one in an interview format. And so that's what's really started the seed of the idea for having a podcast. It just felt like the perfect medium to document these conversations, to continue using my um, skills and like moderating and interviewing and interest in that um, with uplifting women's stories. And I remember telling a few friends being like, oh, I kind of want to start a podcast. That's kind of an idea (laughs) I have. And they're like, yeah, you should do it. And so that seed was planted. And I think when I eventually graduated from USC and um, joined an entrepreneurship fellowship, fellowship, like many recent grads, I was asking myself a lot of questions around my identity, asking myself, what are new ways that you're going to define yourself? Like, what does it, how do you base your identity? Um, What are these questions? And so I wanted to know how other women were answering these questions for themselves, how they were viewing their work in relation to their identity, how they were becoming, all of these questions. So I eventually decided upon focusing on women's founders because of my interest and current involvement with startups and founders. Um, But I think this intersection of those two things, like me really enjoying using my skills in moderation and interviewing to uplift other women's stories and the phase of life I'm currently in, which is a recent grad. I don't even know if I can call myself a recent grad anymore, but (laughs) I'm going to keep calling myself that. And I know I'm like, I remember I did a Google search recently that was like, what counts as a recent grad? And I think it's up to a year of graduating. So I'm like barely in that group, but I love though what you shared about why you started the podcast, because Mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting the premise of your show, and it reminds me so much of what we talk about on Seek the Joy of, you know, you're always in this process of moving to the next through your experiences, both positive and negative, and you learn so much from them and you develop, I think, a better understanding of who you are. And so I love that the show really came from a space within you of what you were interested in, what you wanted to do. You wanted to ask people these questions and get to sort of the heart of who they are and and what they've created and what they're creating. Mm -hmm. So I I love how often, you know, our own interest and passion really molds in. We create what we're excited about and we we grow through those creations too. So I Mm -hmm. love that you're doing that. Exactly. I really like how you put that. Um, Yeah, and I think the podcast has not only been a place for me to learn about others and to have these conversations, but also to learn about myself and to continue asking myself these questions and to check Mm -hmm. in with myself and have constant personal reflections. So yeah, I think you hit hit it on the head Hmm. with that. Um, So if someone were to tune into your show, which I hope everybody listening does, and we'll include mm -hmm. a link to, to your podcast in the show notes. Do you have like a favorite episode so far or where's a good, where's like a good episode for people to start with if they're obviously just, uh, just tuning in? What you can expect, I, I guess I'll start with the favorite episode again. That's very hard to choose, um, but I would probably be the one called Cele- Celebrating Difference with Creativity, Curiosity and Community. I love doing those kind of, you know snappy lines. Um, It's the one with Wilsha Maruli. She works at Google as a creative strategist. She's also an author illustrator who has self-published her own children's book called Bucky the Dino and more recently Mm. Bucky the Dino Goes Green. And she's the founder of Hopeful, which is an organization that creates, gathers, and provides engaging educational resources for children and youth from low-income families in Singapore. And I choose this one because it's a really good one where she really identifies a lot of the things that she's passionate about, like 
um, inspiring creativity in children. She really mm-hmm. loves design. I remember I first met her in college in a design studio and she told me, one of the first things she told me was like, my dream is to publish my own and illustrate my own children's book. And that's what I want to do. And I remember hearing that and be like, yeah, that's really cool. You should achieve that. And then a few years later, she you know, launches her Kickstarter to publish her book. And so mm-hmm. it's been really inspiring seeing her journey and continuing to hold these kind of key things that are really important to her, creativity and curiosity and helping children and education and yeah. doing that in everything that she does. And she's so passionate and she's so funny and she's a great friend as well. And so the, the conversation just naturally is um, flows better. And it has it was a really long one, I think, too. And I guess coincidentally is also one that um, has the most listens. So, I mean, that's mm. also there. And, and they loved it. And I think it's so interesting. You know, I know your show dives into finding your why mm-hmm. and this kind of connection between who you are and what you've created and and how you sort of exist, you know, within both sort of realms and how they sort of fuse together. And I think when you are doing something you're really excited about and you're really passionate about, it comes through. It comes through your voice. It comes through what you've created. So it doesn't surprise me at all that that episode is the most popular one, Um, especially since you feel such a, you know, fondness towards it too. Yeah, I really like what you identified. It's about the why. And I, I try with each episode to really get down to that, whether whatever it is that the founder has built, whether it's a business or nonprofit or even a book or a movement. I think in each conversation, I really want to get into what are the things you've learned from that journey? What are the challenges you faced? And ultimately tying it back to those main questions of how are you becoming? Like, what are the experiences that shape who you're becoming, whether it's what you were like as a kid and how that's affected you now or Mm -hmm. pivotal moments in your early career or college, how are you on that path to answering your own personal whys? And I think that varies so much, like episode to episode, and it's been so great to hear how other people are doing that. And um, yeah, I think that episode is a great one for sure. Hmm. I love what you said too, because we're constantly becoming, we're constantly on that journey. And speaking of becoming, you're, you just wrapped up, I think your first season of the show and you're moving into the second season. Um, Are you going to be interviewing founders again in the second season? What can people expect as they continue to tune in? Yeah. um, So I am still thinking about what the second season is going to (laughs) be. I think I I honestly made it pretty open because I wanted to explore everything, not just founders. And so I might do, honestly, might do podcasters and see how that goes or something else. Um, But yeah, that is still very open. I'm still thinking what could be interesting to me. But honestly, like I had so many people on my list that I wanted to contact for founders and just create so many episodes. And so I might just do that again. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't committed to yet to that yet. I won't give you a committed answer yet. Yeah, don't. Uh, leave it open-ended. I'll leave it open. I'll leave it totally. mysterious. <laughs> totally. Well, I, I'm so glad that we've connected. And, and like I shared with you, I really love what you're doing with the show. And it and doesn't hurt that we're both um, USC alums, which mm-hmm. I think connects us too. And, and so I would love for everybody to check out your podcast. Where can they find the show? Where can they find you? Connect, learn more, and of course, tune in. For sure. So you can find the podcast on really, we have a total of seven platforms. So honestly, wherever you 
you listen to podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, I know are the main ones that people listen to, but also you can search it um, at becoming underscore the podcast or on Instagram. So post there whenever there's a new episode, quotes, resources, etc. And then um, for myself, I'm on Instagram, justine.g.k. And then you can go to my website, justinegkim.com, where I put show notes. Um, you can also find the podcast there. And more recently, gonna put a newsletter out soon. So you can also sign up for a newsletter there. Nice. Um, so those are just several places where you can find Becoming and myself. Perfect. Everything's going to go in the show notes. We'll make it so easy for everybody to find you and connect and learn more. And Justine's podcast is called Becoming, and it really dives into how women are navigating the relationship between what they do and who they are. And it's really about finding and connecting to your why. So Justine, I'm glad we did this. Thank you for coming on and sharing a little bit about the podcast and um, excited, excited to share it. Same here. Thanks so much, Sydney.